0: Hello, and welcome to another year of A Bookshelf Binge. I wanted to start out 2022 with a bang, so I'm really excited to have Raven Kennedy here with me. As many of you know, Raven's the amazing author of the extremely popular Play to Prisoner series, as well as other books like the Heart Hassle series, the Hellgate Guardian series, the Pack of Mitfist series, and so much more. She writes a lot, you guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm
0: stoked about this. Can you kind of start off by sh- sharing how you started writing and like what pu- what pushed you to publish your first novel?
1: So I probably was just like writing like in journals since I was like 13, just little stories. Um, and it wasn't until I got into my 20s that I really started writing more seriously Um, I actually wrote with my sister, uh, my first book, we wrote it together, but it was like YA fantasy, not what I write now, um, which is way more adult, but yeah, I actually, I, we tried to get an agent for like a good over a year. And then I wrote, um, the girl who cried colors and I tried to get an agent just for myself. And it was like another year, just no. Uh, and so I was coming off of I kind of rewrote that book a little bit and I was coming off of um I had my first baby my only baby and uh just I wanted something light-hearted and to laugh and um I had gotten really into like reverse harem stories. And then this idea of a Cupid just popped into my head. So, uh, and I just loved her. And I wrote that book in like a month. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to publish it myself. So I did. I, I wasn't expecting anything, and I know a lot of people say that, but because I had gotten so many reject rejections from my other books, I really wasn't expecting anything. And then the fact that people read that series, I was like, oh, this this is weird. And just so right out of the gate, I got lucky to be honest. And I was able to start writing just full time. And uh, so yeah, indie, indie publishing just <laughs> worked out for me and I'm super, super lucky.
0: That's amazing. And I love that, like, you were still like, even after like being rejected by like agents or publishers, you were still willing to put it out there because you're a wonderful writer. So I feel like my life, especially would be much worse without your books out there.
1: Oh, thanks. I don't, I still don't know how to take compliments. So I get real weird. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I love writing. I wouldn't, I would still write even if I wasn't publishing, you know, just uh, reading and writing they're just an escape for me I'm not really big on TV or movies so th- that's what I do I read and I write every single day
0: that's amazing I love that so much and you've really blown up like I see you everywhere and I get that like the Instagram algorithm really likes to group you with like common interests and you are definitely one of them <laughs> but I feel like especially like in the last I want to say like six months, I have seen like the Plated Prisoner series everywhere. How does it feel to go viral like that?
1: <laughs> um, It's weird. <laughs> so I, okay, so I had the idea for Guild and I wrote it over the course of a year, which I is very out of the norm for me. I usually write like a book a month or three months or whatever, and I put it out. But this one, I was like, you know what? It just feels more special I want to take my time with it I want to evolve it so I did I I, as I was writing other books in between I would write guild and then um and then guild released and I mean it it did okay it does like what my other books did which was pretty good maybe not quite because I was very in like the rom-com more more known for that and this is not a rom-com it's much darker Uh, there's intense trigger warnings so it wasn't actually until Glean came out that it blew up and you're right it was like six six months and so I wasn't expecting it to be honest I it was a little intimidating to all of a sudden um, have that many people reading it and talking about it only because when you get that kind of exposure you get the negative like I've been lucky that the people I've readers I've had in my life have all been positive pretty much until the Plated Prisoner series because it is darker and there are more sensitive subjects in the writing you know some people it's just not their thing so yeah it was it was intimidating it was awesome like it's given me so many more opportunities and I've been able to connect with more readers but um yeah definitely I had to learn how to like separate like stick my head in the sand a little bit just because otherwise uh it would be pretty overwhelming
0: yeah I can only imagine like I have like four listeners and I can't like (laughs) handle all of that I can't even imagine like it's hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) but what's your favorite part about being an author
1: um the fact that I can make my own worlds and rules and characters and you know it's actually I think the biggest thing is I get to decide their their outcome like their happily ever after because you know in life you don't get to do that you don't get to to um write your own story or or other people's or how other people behave or how your world behaves so I, I really like that I can give character is like a happy happily ever after
0: I love that and I really hope that means that there's just gonna be a wonderful happily ever after. a <laughs> prisoner because like I will be crushed
1: <laughs> well technically if it's romance it has to be so,
0: which is yeah. why I very much gravitate towards that section of the book world
1: yeah. same same
0: very much like my happily ever afters this is like one of my favorite questions to ask especially for an author like yourself who I feel like has such a huge backlog of books I like back catalog I guess is the proper way of saying that what are some lessons you've learned between publishing your first novel and publishing your most recent either about publishing about writing about yourself Oh my gosh <laughs> no it's a really small question
1: <laughs> okay well when I published signs of Cupidity my first book I didn't know anybody I didn't have any author friends I didn't I wasn't in uh, back then the cool thing was like Facebook book groups I wasn't in any I literally I knew no readers there' was nobody so uh, I had to learn everything myself um, formatting by myself, finding an editor, finding a cover designer, uh, doing it all alone. So I've learned a lot. I've made a ton of mistakes, <laughs> but uh, I can, I'm glad that I can say that I, I did it on my own. You know what I mean? Because I am proud of myself for how far I've come now. I I know how to do things better. I still learn all the time because the book world, it constantly changes and evolves and I mean yeah so I don't know if there's any one thing I could say uh, that I've really learned or or anything like that because it's honestly it's been everything (laughs) everything
0: how did you go about that for your first novel like how did you find like how does an author find like a cover artist or like an editor like how do you find those resources
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, so like I said, I wasn't in like any of the Facebook authors, anything of those. So I actually went, I can't remember the site. It was one of those where you can go on and you can hire artists. It was one of those websites. And I got lucky. I found a really good uh, cover designer for Signs of Cupidity. Still love that cover to this day. Um, and I, I found my first editor in the same place and actually, yeah. Uh, it was a it was a man, and um, I'm pretty sure he. I think when he introduced himself, he told me that he was religious, and I got worried because the Cupidity series is uh, quite raunchy, uh, so that I probably scarred the poor man. But um, yeah, so I found those, and then later on, I got my p- permanent editor, which I love her. She always makes my books better, so. Yeah, but my first rodeo, I was just hiring strangers and hoping for the best.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Have you learned anything about yourself? Like, have you learned that you're like, like very persistent or like, have like unspeakable drive? Because I feel like you would have to have unspeakable drive to publish like you do.
1: Yeah, um, I've slowed down a lot this year. Just I feel like um, my brain couldn't keep up with the pace I had for like the past three years I was publishing like a book a month and looking back on it now my husband was still working I was at home by myself with my toddler I honestly don't know how I did it I don't know how I wrote so many books while I was just a full-time mom so uh I must have, have had a lot of drive. Uh, I know I wanted to change my circumstances. I wanted to be serious. I, I didn't want to look at this as a hobby anymore. Once I published Signs of Committee and I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. I just went for it. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. So um, I took it super seriously. My husband was very supportive and um, I just, I didn't stop writing, that's all I did. That's all I did for like three years. Um, now um, I'm lucky enough that I can take more time, like with Glow, I can take more time to just to write that, focus on that. Um, but yeah, I, my drive is still definitely there, I'm just not producing as quickly. I'm just trying, I'm trying to live life also <laughs> and write.
0: I feel like it's different, like when you have a baby, you're, you're like taking care of another living being, but they like aren't like engaging with you. Like you aren't right. like interacting with them in the way that you would like a toddler. So like as your like kid gets older, I can see like it being more imperative that you slow down other things.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> like you want to play with them. <laughs> right. Right. I can do that. Yeah. Like I was looking at your schedule and like you published like seven novels in 2020 and I guess that's like one of the benefits of being an indie author but yeah. that's like so
1: intense <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is well I knew that I did I wanted to go hard and publish a lot um, my first couple of years just so I could have that backlog so I could take longer in the future so it, it was on purpose I, I did do it for a reason so that I could set myself up like that so but yeah even I look at my backlog and I'm like good grief what how do I have so many it's it's weird I'm I'm clearly I don't something's wrong with me (laughs)
0: like
1: that was you just
0: like pushing that schedule that wasn't like any other like external or like you were just like the book is done like let's go (sighs) yeah yeah I
1: had, I had to set myself um, deadlines because otherwise I will literally sit on the couch all day and read books. So I have to, I have to be strict with myself or, (laughs) and I have, now I have author friends who are strict to me (laughs) and make sure that I'm (laughs) writing. Uh, So yeah, you just, it's, it's wild.
0: I feel that on a level if this podcast didn't come out weekly like who knows when the next episode would come out <laughs> like I edit like the night before because it's a deadline <laughs>
1: yeah, you have to it's like turning in homework like you do it the night before it's just you just get it right in there in that deadline exactly
0: exactly we get each other
1: <laughs>
0: looking back Are there any pieces of your books that you would love to revisit, either to write more about or to tweak now that you've grown so much as an author?
1: Oh, God, no. (laughs) Um, I actually, I cannot stand to read my own books. I can't, can't listen to them on audiobooks. Um, Even, I mean, like, I love those books with all my heart, but I no, <laughs> I'm actually I'm finishing up writing my cupidity spin-off, and it was really hard for me just because once I feel like I'm finished with the series, I just want to move on to the next thing. So it was really hard for me to like do my Cupid research and get back into the world because uh, no, i don't I don't like to do that. <laughs> I will probably never do another spin-off for that very reason. That's so funny.
0: Once you're like, you submit it, you're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I feel like my job's over. Now, Pack of Misfits is different because those are each standalones, and I feel like I do get to start over fresh and new every time, even though there's, you know, recurring characters, but I don't, so I don't feel the same as, like, I would if I, if I had to later go back in and, like, rewrite another, cupidity spin off or even like a guilt like something you know I, I couldn't no.
0: fair really fair <laughs> I very yeah. much get that I don't re listen to any of these so I get it <laughs>
1: yeah see it's I cringe like I try I try I can't I can't do it. I just want to rewrite it like not like because I think the whole thing sucks <laughs> so I just can't touch it because I would never stop
0: does that make the editing process really difficult for you? Like, do you just have to like be like, where do you draw that line of like, I can't touch this anymore? I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, um, so that was one of the things I learned. So with, with um, for my earlier books, I definitely would obsess and just keep fixing things. But now I've learned like, I can't, I can't do that because I'll just fry my brain and I would lose all confidence in everything I've written. So yeah, I, right now, what's been working for me for the past few books is I just, I write the first draft. I don't let myself go back um, until my second draft. And that's when I fix things and flesh things out. Um, And then I don't touch it again until I get my beta notes. Then I just do that and then I, I'm done with it. I give it to my editor and I, unless she catches like any plot holes or anything like that, I don't do any more rerunning. And I just, I, it's at, at that point, I feel like it's not mine anymore. And it, if that makes sense, it's not mine to write anymore. It's, it's just separate from me. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's ready to be out in the world and it's not mine.
0: I get that. I really do. Like, you can look at it differently, especially, like, after someone else's edits. Like, someone else has touched this. I get that. Yeah. And also, I, yeah, I don't think I would be able to read anything I wrote, ever. (laughs) I have, like, I just
1: cringe. It's awful.
0: (laughs) I very much pretended that I can write, and I'll write something, and I'll read, like, the four pages that I wrote. I'm like, no, just kidding. (laughs) then like, delete the file. Like, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, but see that, see I do that, and then um, my author friends are like, "No, no, you're fine. It's good." So maybe you just can't trust yourself because I certainly can. I just can't. <laughs> I love that.
0: Also, thank goodness for author friends.
1: <laughs> it, for real, <laughs> I would have probably quit by now if I didn't have anyone else to like help me, because it's it this business is it's crazy.
0: I feel like that's like also one of the better things about the book industry. It's like, I've never heard someone come out of it and be like, wow, no one helped me. It's like a very much like dog eat dog world and all of that. Like, I feel like everyone who comes on here is always like, no, no, no. I made the best of friends. I could talk to anyone. Like, there's like such a supportive network. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's like one of the wonderful things about the literature world. So while there's such a high rate of rejection, especially coming from, like, traditional publishers, there's still, like, a huge community that surrounds you.
1: Definitely. I, I, I think um, there's definitely still competition, but a lot of it is healthy. It's it's just, like, us just driving each other on to keep, you know, keep going, like, don't worry about it, just keep writing, um, but yeah, I've met, I mean, I'm not, I'm the super hermit, so my, my best friends are all online author friends so yeah I've I've found a lot of really lovely people not just authors either um, podcasters uh, readers are amazing for the most part Uh, bookstagrammers book talkers like um, all those people it's really I, I mean I know there can be a toxic side to it but for the most part it's really lovely I love that so much
0: yeah, I yeah, I very much I love the book of strike for so many reasons. I get that. A lot of people would be very upset with me if I don't start asking questions at the plate of prison. <laughs> like I had people in my DMs be like, you have to ask her this. <laughs> so I'm gonna dive into that now, and I'll probably come up with more questions about craft as we go. <laughs> it was my first series by you and then I dived into your other ones and I just loved it and like there's so much nuance there that like you don't really realize as you're reading it and all of the leads were buried so deep (laughs) just like it, it was wonderfully done my first question is what inspired like Well, everything, but like (laughs) ribbons on Arin, and like the spikes on Rip, the threads of power on Slade. Like those are such small details, but they really add a lot to these characters. Like they each like give a little bit more oomph to these. How did you come up with like that type of thing?
1: Magic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's hard. Uh, Okay, so for for rip i knew okay you know how like you'll read fantasy books and they will be like oh he's so scary but he's not he's just hot and maybe has like a scar down his eye or something um i i was like no i want i want if if i'm gonna say that he looks freaking scary i want him to look scary so for rip um I'm into like sci-fi romances. Uh, They help me go to sleep at night. I don't know why, (laughs) it's just my thing. And I just, I love how the the aliens are like, look like aliens. So um, I wanted Rip to be scary and I'm like, I just, the Spike thing, I was like, I'm doing it because no one, I I don't know anybody that's done it. I've seen seen some um, covers of like sci-fi with spikes on, usually it's like the shoulder one so I just kind of I just went with it back down his back and um, his arm uh, and then yes I just for him I just wanted him to actually look otherworldly and and scary a little bit like a monster Um, for Slade uh, I knew how did I come up with the rotting I don't know I I wanted him to have like a different power that I hadn't seen anybody else have um, I I don't, I've never read anybody who had like a rotting power. I don't know if there's anyone out there, but I didn't. So I, I wanted his power to mimic him. I, I also, because Midas is so vain, I knew I wanted um, him to really not be super jealous of Slade, just based on looks and even though Slade's hot Midas doesn't think so because he has this weird <laughs> veins of power going up him. um so yeah Slade I just I just wanted to be different and I I wanted his the skin veins to match like what you would see actually rotting the earth so it, it's just like a visual thing for me mm-hmm. and then Aaron's ribbons it was the same thing i just wanted to be different i wanted to do something different lots of people do wings i didn't want to do that i but i i needed to have her be different just like slade was so um i don't know i i just was like i i wrote an opening scene for Guild that i didn't actually use in the the real published book um and when I wrote that, the ribbons were just there. I was like, "Oh, that's weird," but I'll just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, as I was writing her, it just was like they were her. Like I know a lot of people; they're very weirded out by the ribbons, but um, they—I I love them, and they're just—I know <laughs> it's true. I've gotten some DMs; with people very, very confused. <laughs> Uh,
0: they're like like another character like how can you not love them they are like (laughs) wonderful wonderful like brainless things
1: (laughs) I had someone um ask me like uh if I could just stop writing (laughs) them like moving and stuff and I'm like I that's a big commitment I can't (laughs) sorry I cannot do that
0: (laughs) absolutely not oh my gosh my favorite line I have several, but one of them was, like, when Slade goes, like, your ribbon's like me, and Aaron goes, they don't have brains. So, like, it was right. so funny. I just, like, laughed so loud. Being like, that's just hysterical.
1: They're so cute. They like him. It's adorable.
0: <laughs> I love them. And also, like, sorry for anyone listening that, like, hasn't read this yet, but we're going to go into, like, a spoiler. And like a bit Spillers, yeah. because like I need to know are the ribbons gone for good <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm bald <laughs> did you cry I, I cried when I was writing it just
0: like bald my eyes out like because they are like a beloved character for me
1: <laughs> they are I know it's like it's like killing a dog it was awful yes <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> are they gone <laughs> for good I need to know <laughs>
1: Um they are gone for now. <laughs> I can say that.
0: All right that's very decent I can, I can accept that. <laughs> I just they' I just love them so much <laughs> I know and they, it are, was brutal. and they are different like I really liked that that they were such like a different way of showing that magic and it wasn't something I ever like I've seen before and yeah. just like, how they grew with her throughout the three books that are out was just so magical like seeing them also come out of their shell
1: exactly yeah but I did that on purpose a lot of people don't notice but like the first book they're wrapped around her because they're in the same mindset as her I mean it's a part of her so of course and then slowly glint they start you know unraveling and and then gleam they're like their own person they're finally coming out of their shell just like she is so yeah and and that's gonna stay consistent so um them being it, it is important for her character as well
0: that's her and she does like lean on them to protect her so I get that I get why it happened <laughs> but it still like bawled my eyes out and texting all of my friends being like what did you do to me you're the one for me to read this <laughs>
1: I've gotten so many of those messages, just, just straight DMs. Why did you do this?
0: (laughs) So funny. (laughs) But you are not like a stranger to like new and interesting magic systems. Like in all of your books that I've read, they've all been very different and fascinating and wonderful. Like, for example, like you mentioned the girl who cries colors, like that was such a unique magical element. Like, I went into it knowing it was, like, magical realism, but I didn't expect there to be actual (laughs) magic and, like, actual. People
1: are like, what the heck is magical realism?
0: (laughs) So, How do you, like, go about creating these systems and developing them? Like, I feel like there has to be huge, like, magic mapping that has to (laughs) happen for these.
1: Yeah, there is. I, so, I'm not, like the most organized writer I usually I don't come up with a plot I always come up with characters so um for Willow from uh Christ Colors I just I just saw her and I saw David and then I just am like I I knew I knew I wanted to do a girl who Christ Colors and with a painter um and yeah I just I just see the character first, I don't know how to explain it. I did it with Aaron, like I said, she just walked on the page and she had a ribbon and I just went with it. Um, and then like cupids I, I had never seen anyone do anything with cupids. Obviously, there's because cupids is a thing there's like love arrows and all that but I, I try to put my own twist on it, everything I do so yeah I, I usually I, I have to see the character first and I'm like okay how does this work how can I make it different um so I just try to put my own spin on everything I love that you choose
0: like if you are going to do like sort of a retelling that you do such an interesting spin on it like doing such an interesting take on Midas was like wonderful and having it not really be about Midas but have it be Mm -hmm. about the gold and about the power more than it is about the man is wonderfully done just
1: right that's what I yeah I I knew his myth has always fascinated me just because I don't know I've just always loved that that myth but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it until I envisioned RN this gold-skinned woman. And then I was like, I got it. This is it. And, and so, yeah, it's definitely her perspective, her story, um, because I didn't want to do it just about Midas. I mean, there's enough stories about men. <laughs> <So>. Amen.
0: Just <laughs> amen. I find the series very interesting because you do have different point of view characters. Like it's mostly from Arin, and it's mostly what she's dealing with but there are fun point of views that slide in. Like you have a couple chapters from Midas and you have a couple chapters from Slade and Rip and Melina
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like having like her story, like thrown in like a couple chapters, every book is so interesting. How do you decide who gets a point of view and how do you balance that with telling Aaron's story?
1: So I knew I was always going to do um, Melina once we got into book two, because part of it is for world building because Arin can't be everywhere. Um, But a big part of it was point of view because Melina and Arin lived on one hand in a very similar situation, uh, but on the other hand in very different situations. So. I knew I wanted to show what a personality like Melina would do with her circumstances versus what Aaron did and how Aaron is. So um, I think it's interesting when people just straight up think Melina is a villain, which is not how I see her. Uh, She does definitely, I mean, she's a bitch sometimes, (laughs) but she's cold hearted. She's a little, but, her circumstances, um, and her personality, and her choices have made her that way, Um, so um, I always knew I wanted to have her, I definitely was always going to have Midas, because again, yes, he's the antagonist, but he, he's not just one-dimensional for me, there, there's layers to him, why he is the way that he is, so I wanted to show those, so that he could have those layers so people could understand his own mental justifications for what he's doing even though it's completely wrong and fucked up so I wanted to show him and then um yeah Slade how could I not I just I, how I'm, could
0: you not like I'm so glad I'm so glad we have Slade movies, <laughs> but like it's so fun
1: <laughs> it's just like a little reward if you get to the third book and then you get that POV I mean that's one more could you ask for
0: right it was it was so (laughs) it was like perfect I was like oh yes I love how (laughs) I mean I read all of these on Kindle but I liked how all of the different characters had their own like chapter art as well that reflected them like Arn had a bird and Slade's had the like thorns
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like that was like really wonderfully done when creating like the physical yeah. book
1: <laughs> yeah and those oh my gosh the formatting um I have a wonderful formatter who did all my kindle ebooks all my paperbacks my new card covers uh it it's a process <laughs> and uh yeah it was it, it it's taken forever to do those but it's those little touches Um, that I'm glad that I have I can do for this series because it is special to me I haven't been able to take extra little um, things like that on a series before loved it
0: was so happy I like noticed it one day like halfway through I was like this is fun (laughs) (laughs) I love it and Melina like yeah she's a fucking bitch but (laughs) it was nice seeing it from her perspective like seeing that mm-hmm. she like really like was born to rule and born to rule these lands
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was just circumstance that really fucked with her
1: i mean she got it her whole kingdom taken from her because she's a woman and she didn't have any power like how fucked up is that <laughs> like uh, so yeah there's there's definitely just solid ice bitterness and and i get it <laughs> i get it i mean i made it so of course i get it you know what I mean? <laughs> She's like her own real person. They're all, they're not mine anymore. They've just become their own things and I just write what they're doing. I love that. And you can,
0: like, they all feel very fully formed. Like, none of them feel one-dimensional. None of them feel like this was just written as a villain. And like, you know, my friend Ava, she she was like posting all the time when she was doing reading her first read through. And like, she was one of the people that encouraged me to read it. And like reading it, you want Midas to kind of redeem himself and you want to see what r and in him. And I texted her, I was like, if this, if he does redeem himself, like, I'm not going to be able to read this. <laughs> and like, we even did a TikTok about it. We were like, trust the red flags. Right. <laughs> like, I know, because
1: like, that's my number one complaint is people are just like, this is romanticizing Stockholm syndrome, or they just hate Midas, and they're just not going to continue. I'm just like, that's the whole point. Like, if I, I'm trying to honestly show a woman going through these emotional manipulations, you're not going to get over that or have your blinders removed overnight. It just doesn't happen. And unfortunately, I've read so many books where they have a character who has some very real trauma and real emotional manipulations and then they just flip a switch all of a sudden they're they're badass and they're independent and i'm like that's not realistic that's not what so many women's um circumstances or experiences really are so i know a lot i get a lot of hate for it, but I wanted to show it honestly, so that's what I tried to do, uh, as much as. But yeah, people who hate minus like, and they don't continue. It's like they just missed. They missed it, <laughs> and like
0: it's because of that that like, like you like want this character to like do better, and like right. it just shows just like how well written he is and how you know
1: he could do better. better. Like if he really yeah. wanted to try, he could be like. He could be great. I mean, he got, he has so many good things going for him. Like he's very charismatic. He, he obviously, he's super determined. He doesn't, he came from nothing and he rose up to be a king. But unfortunately, he's a dick.
0: <laughs> Fortunately, he's a <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: So you mentioned that these characters are pretty much like fully formed in your head. Like, mm-hmm do you really use like character maps to get there or do they just kind of walk up to you and are like sup I'm all
1: <laughs> <laughs> on." um so both actually um I already had Rip, Slade, Midas, Melina um obviously Arryn the core people, I had them very mapped out when I, and I'm not, this is my first series where I'm very organized with, with it, um, just because I knew it was going to be more like epic fantasy, and, and I needed, I needed that to keep it all organized, but there were definitely some characters that just walked on the page and were like, hey, I'm here now, so one of them was Lou, which I love her, she just, she just happened, um, and, and actually, so did Judd. Both of them. I was just gonna have Ostrik, but they those two came on, and it, it just happened. And I'm so glad because I they're just like this own little family, and I love them. Um, so yeah. But once once they walk on the stage, I then I go into them, and I give them like a whole backstory in my head, even if I don't use it later, just so I know. Who they are and where they've come from.
0: I love that so much. And I love that it was Judd and Lou that like really like <laughs> forced themselves into the book.
1: Yeah. I
0: love it so much. Also, <laughs> another one of my favorite lines was when Aaron called Judd M- Mustard and he's like, it's not that yellow. And she goes, I'm gold. Right. Like, <laughs> are Get you over it. He just split hairs with me? <laughs>
1: I know, and I I love their banter. Like, uh, like I said, it's it doesn't feel like me coming up with it because they all have their own personalities. I'm like they just banter so well together. I just love it.
0: I love it so much, and I love that if like I feel like if a therapist heard some of these conversations, they'd be like, "I feel, feel like we need to talk," <laughs> <laughs> right? But I love it. Like, and it, I think it just makes the entire series feel complete and real like, I could walk into the story and be there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, like, I am very much, like, a visual reader, and with your books, especially, I, like, stand there, and I just, like, watch it happen around me, so I, I love that.
1: that. <laughs> That's my goal, like, I, I'm like you, I, I have to see it, I have to have the movie playing in my head when I'm reading, if I can't picture things, or if it's just, like, an info dump of crap that I can't retain I get bored so I try to write immersively without being overwhelmingly boring <laughs> so that's my goal
0: like the difference between like an info dump and like a George R. R. Martin where he's like overly descriptive like
1: yeah I can't definitely do
0: follow in like the perfect little pocket <laughs> right.
1: like I love the Lord of the Rings movies can't read a book can't do it they I it's too much too much description <laughs>
0: <laughs> you aren't really shy about spicier things, like your Cupid series. It, the Hard Hassle is a reverse harem. What made you want the Play of Prisoner series to be such a slow burn?
1: Um. So like I didn't really have I did books of like yeah blue balls filled up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, originally, the series was just going to be three books. So I actually didn't intend to make people wait that long. It's, it's just that it grew, the world grew bigger than I first thought it was going to be. Um, so really, it's the characters fault because they are in needed time. And I didn't want her to just fall from one bed to the other I, I really wanted to be more about empowerment and finding herself and and then I just wanted this delicious build-up just angsty blue balls as you called it <laughs> because I, I love that in a, in a especially in a fantasy I want that delicious build-up it's just like the best part for me when it
0: happened like there was cheering around the world <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know there was a lot of pressure to uh deliver on that heat um and even I like you said who I I write reverse harem and I'm fine with I'm fine with all those uh spicy scenes even I was a little intimidated because I was like shit I better deliver very well or I'm gonna have some angry readers on my hands and they will never trust me again
0: <laughs> so sad <laughs> <laughs> when it happened it happened like epically like it happened it was wonderful
1: you mentioned- I had that scene in my head back when I wrote Guild so I really? knew what their I knew what their first um spicy scene was going to be I knew that he was going to be like pacing like a feral animal waiting for uh the sun to go down so I yeah I have that always it was very rough in my notes but I I always knew exactly how I wanted it to play down that's
0: amazing. I like like that. I love that so much. And I loved how that like the, even the ribbons got involved. Like it was so, <laughs> like it was everything. they were so and cute. I, I, know.
1: <laughs> I love them.
0: I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that Play Prisoners Plated Prisoner series was going to be three bucks and now mm-hmm. it's going to be five, I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you make that hard decision? Was it a hard decision?
1: Um, y- yes, only because um, I'm intimidated now. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to let anyone down. So um, I feel like if I if I had originally finished in three books, I could have just been like, "Oh, I'm done. Over. It's yours." But um, because it did get so much bigger. I don't want to let anybody down with how the story progresses. So I'm I'm nervous, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna do it like I did Gleam and uh, and then let it go. But no, um it it wasn't hard decision per se, only because I knew I couldn't fit it all. I just couldn't and once I mapped uh I outlined book four I was like oh yeah there's there's no freaking way (laughs) I have to do it in five books but I'm also not the kind of author I don't like to drag out a series like I I have an end point and I just need to get there I don't like um and this is only personal preference because I I have a short attention span when it comes to reading uh there's only been a few series in my life where I can read like six plus books and not want to move on to the next world so um part of it is just my preference but yeah I knew I just I had to do it because there's too much content that I have to get through but hopefully not too long that people get bored
0: I mean you published how many novels last year? (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) (laughs) So does that mean that you are expecting book four and five to publish next year, or is it probably going to be one a year?
1: No, my goal is um, to publish Glow in May and then finish the series at the end of the year. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't like to make the readers wait too long. I know there was a big gap between gleam and glow, but um I had to have uh you could probably hear I'm raspy, I had to have uh what's it called? (laughs) Airway surgery. Um so I had to recover from that. And then um we were trying to buy a house, which is just madness. And then we moved out of state. Just a lot happened. So there's a yeah, I I hated, I hate making people wait a year from one book to the next so I'm going to try not to do that with books um four and five
0: as the reader I very much appreciate it also, <laughs> like take care of yourself
1: <laughs> no I'm good I'm going slower with with glow just because gleam I wrote in like um For five months and it killed me I was working like 15 hour days I never saw my daughter or my husband so yeah definitely that was too much so I glow I'm just taking my time because it's going to be even bigger than Gleam was and Gleam was the biggest book that I've written by myself uh, to date
0: you and Scarlett St. Clair man Scarlett broke her hand writing King of Battle and Blood like you're just like slamming these out like oh my gosh you guys need to take care of yourselves
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I feel like there's a lot of pressure as an indie author to get things out faster we don't have the um, I don't know if Scarlet is indie I, I, I don't know if that's true uh, but I know other indie authors that feel the same way there's just this pressure to perform and publish because we don't have um, the help of a big publishing company. So even though like the pleated prisoner has gotten some popularity over the last six months, like th- that's not guaranteed for me. So I, I also don't want to ju- miss my window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: I get that. Like the added pressure of not having a giant ass marketing team behind yeah. you. Yeah.
1: I have nobody. I-, I do it all myself. So it's a lot of pressure and I don't want to I don't want to mess up and I don't want to wait too long because the book world there's always a new book every single day so yeah I don't want people to just have to get frustrated because they're waiting too long and then poof (laughs) that's it
0: I get that so in this vein what are you currently working on what's coming up what can we expect for 2022 like what do you have in the pipeline (laughs) Um,
1: so That's I'm almost awesome. done <laughs> I'm almost done with cupidity which was the spin-off which I love by the way I know I was complaining about having to like reread some of the old <laughs> cupidity stuff um, I love those books I'll still when I have to post like quotes on Instagram or something I, I Emil cracks me up like I'll just read some of her dialogue and just laugh and I, <laughs> it's probably weird because I wrote it but so I love those books but um but so yeah it just took me a while to get back into that mind frame, especially going from such a dark fantasy back to a rom-com. It was so hard, Um, but I'm doing that. I'm almost done. I just need like four more chapters of community. Then I'll go into editing, and I'll get a cover. (laughs) I've already started Glow. I have a really good start on it, Um, so yeah, I just gotta, once I'm done, I'll get back in there, and I'll go for it and then I'm going to go right into the final book okay if nice. I can I'll fit in the misfits as well we'll see love
0: this <laughs> and also like solid schedule four books
1: <laughs> right. four that's good oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not seven but it sounds a little bit healthier
1: <laughs> right. like the first year I first published I think I did 12 books in one year a book a month it was insane
0: that yeah
1: What (laughs) I know, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're insane! But I love it. Thank you so much for being here. This has been wonderful. I just have one last question, and then I can't wait to just harass you in the DMs with all questions. (laughs) You be my friend because, like, I'm claiming you as a friend.
1: (laughs) I always need friends i have a lot of angry people in my dms so i'd much rather have friendly ones i'll be there i'll be like you're
0: <laughs> even you're great
1: <laughs> just still getting yelled at about the ribbons That's i'm gonna live with that for the rest of my
0: life oh my god until like until glow comes out yeah absolutely like, <laughs> it is heartbreaking and traumatic and, like i told my friends that i was going to like see them for emotional damages because this <laughs> like you cut out a piece of me too.
1: Very stressful.
0: <laughs> Horrendously stressful. <laughs> I was like on a beach like bawling my eyes out like Raven what did you do?
1: <laughs> well at least at least Digby made it right because oh my God, yes. I wasn't gonna have him make it. He just skimmed right through.
0: <laughs> you can't get rid of the roots and Digby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I couldn't do both. I was like this That's too much. I need to draw it back a little bit. Oh,
0: but I did love that Digby made it through. Like that was like a very nice surprise.
1: I was like, (gasps) yeah, I had to. I had to.
0: Oh, it was wonderful. All right, my closing question for you is: What books are you currently binging?
1: Oh my gosh, I read like a different book every night. (laughs) Um, what am I currently binging? I don't know. I read like. I usually bounce, like, three books. I read a different one at night, like, it's usually sci-fi. Let's see. Okay, so I'm reading, do you know what Omegaverse is? Yes. Okay, I love those. Um, so I'm reading Rescuing Red. That's my nighttime binge. It's kind of uh, Aliens, Omegaverse, that whole thing. And then there was a series I was... Binging, but I think I gave it back to a Kindle limit and now I don't know what it is, (laughs) but I, I really love. um, Shifter books like I love them, I don't usually read fantasy while i'm writing fantasy I just just because um, and then usually i'll go off i'll just jump around I could do i'll move over to like rom coms like contemporary i'll do dark mafia romance (laughs) motorcycle like I just jump around so just just depends what mood I'm in
0: I feel that I don't like I have to like finish a book before I jump to another one but I jump like genres a lot depending on the mood
1: yeah I have to I'm a total mood reader so if I yeah I'll just uh, I'll change constantly
0: everyone's like my tbr my tbr I'm like what's a tbr I don't
1: me neither (laughs) don't have one because I just I'm like, ooh, sh- like shiny toy. Like, I'll just pick that. <laughs> I've, read, like a,
0: I've read like a physical book in like months because I'm just like, ooh, fancy Kindle Unlimited.
1: <laughs> Same. I think the last physical book I read was uh, Serpent and Dove. But yeah, normally it's just all on my phone, especially because like I move around a lot. <laughs> I read in all, all over the place. Yeah. It's just easier to read on my phone. Yes
0: yes yes
1: <laughs> but I, I do I do miss holding a book sometimes but yeah
0: sometimes I don't because like my hands cramp like I get tired that's of true. like popping them up like that's like some added weight that I don't need
1: <laughs> that's true I I was so not used to reading like a hardback anymore that I kept like tapping on the page like so embarrassing or like trying to tap on it to like look up a word like that's not you can't do that with those and then yeah they're heavy oh my god I forgot how heavy these are yes what?
0: yes I feel you on such a the level trials
1: of a reader you know
0: <laughs> so many reader problems <laughs> well this has been lovely I can't wait to see you at a polycon oh, I'm excited it's I live in DC so when I saw that like what a polycon was I was like I'm going <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've never been. So um, I'm excited. And I've been I've been to a couple of book sightings, but not to a Polycon. And um, I, I love them. I'm actually surprised how much I love them because I'm pretty shy in person. But I don't know, there's something about that reader uh, energy that I'm just like, I'm here for it. And I, Mm -hmm. I try not to be too boring. (laughs) So hopefully, like, um, I felt like, especially when I was just writing rom-com, people expected me to just be super funny. <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm going to disappoint everybody. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully now I'll just get talked to about the ribbon sternly and, and it'll be okay. At
0: least it's in July, I think.
1: Yeah. So after.
0: after Glow will come out. After
1: Glow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We'll still talk to you about the ribbons, but Ugh. at least glow to like push that to the side.
1: Unless that ends badly and, and then I'm going to get it all over again.
0: I can't ball my eyes out again, Raven.
1: <laughs> I can't make any promises. <laughs> There's some things happening in this book. I don't even know.
0: Oh my God, I'm so anxious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the, it, like I said, it's the character's fault I just write down what they're doing they've have like taken on a life of their own.
0: I love this so much. The series is like (laughs) basically like a personality trait these days. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you so much. I love this. I'm really, truly excited to see you in person. If you like want to get a drink while you're in town, like let me know. And I like, I just thank you so much for taking the time
1: no thank you for
0: having me this was fun thank you so much to raven kennedy for coming on the podcast you can follow raven on tiktok and instagram at raven kennedy books many of her books are available on kindle unlimited which is amazing and that includes her plated prisoner series as you heard raven has several books on the horizon for this year the heart hassle spinoff should be out first while glow will hopefully be released in may You can purchase all of her books through the Bookshelf Binge, bookshop.org storefront, which is listed in the episode description, or you can just go to bookshop.org slash Bookshelf binge. This has been A Bookshelf Binge. I'm your host, Jessica, and you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and really all the socials at Bookshelf Binge. Be sure to rate the show on your preferred listening platform and to check out the Etsy store for new merch. I also have a really fun Patreon update, while it is difficult for me to cover like an entire series, and really do deep dives into these genres beyond an hour, hour and a half episode, I am now utilizing Patreon to do just that. By joining the $10 tier, or the VIB, Very Important Binger tier you will gain access to new limited series that I'm producing. There's a poll up on the Patreon for you to vote on as to what you want the first limited series to be, so be sure to sign up and check that out. I'm really excited about using Patreon more, and I can't wait for you to see what's in store. I hope you had a fantastic holiday season, and I'll talk to you next week!